Welcome to the Two Cent Dad podcast, where we interview dads to discuss their journeys of intentional fatherhood while doing work they care about and living a life of purpose. I'm your host, Mike Sudik. Like so many entrepreneurs, you hear the way they talk about their business and they talk about it like it's their child and they need to nurture it, take care of it and stuff. But really it's more like it's more like a wild stallion, you know, where it will just it'll just run away with your life. It will just, it will take everything you give it. And I feel like that was what I learned um, the hard way. Tom Rossi is on the podcast today. Tom is a serial entrepreneur in the software web space, and he shares just super practical advice from the years of building businesses. He speaks very passionately about the lessons he's learned from failures, from successes, and in his attempts to really maximize happiness through his business and make sure that the business does not consume his life as much as that's possible. It was just real exciting to have Tom on the podcast and just just jump right in. Well, hey, I'm here with Tom Rossi. Am I saying that right? Yep. Yeah. Um, So Tom runs the Molehill. And they are a web development shop, uh, application development shop. So, Tom, could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, we have been building web applications for years now. We started in client services. So we did, uh, you know, people just contract us to build their sites and things like that. And then in 2001, we started building our own products, uh, not necessarily because we were geniuses, but because uh, the client service market just evaporated around uh, September 11th all of our everything that we did was discretionary spending for our customers and you're sitting on a massive staff you know trying to figure out what you're going to do and so that's how we got into product development really but then once we got into it we've really enjoyed it and so since then we've launched five or six different products and uh, we just recently actually renamed the company higher pixels so molehill we were originally when we did client services we were capernaum then when we started doing products we were molehill and just recently, we renamed ourselves Higher Pixels, and we did that because our Stream Care, one of our products, Stream Care, uh, has really, really grown. And now we have a staff there, and they always felt like Molehills is the software side of things, and you know where do we fit in this? And so, yeah. renamed the company Higher Pixels, and we still refer to all the software developers as the Molehill team, but um, you know it's a bigger umbrella for Higher Pixels. Gotcha, gotcha. So, how long have you been doing that for? We started the company in '96. Okay. Um, and we've we've started we launched our first product in 2001, and then we launched um, Tick. Our first product was a product called MSize uh, that launched in 2001. Tick launched in 2006, 2005, and then we launched um, Buzzsprout um, not too long after that. And they're like my children's ages. Like I should know. Um, <laughs> And StreamCare is our last product that we've launched in, the, in just in the last couple of years. And we have another product, Donor Tools, that we ended up acquiring uh, through a, a, a partnership that we were working with the, develop, the original developer behind Donor Tools. And we really love that product. And so we went ahead and uh, acquired that um, just this year. Okay. Yeah. So 96, you've been in the game for then 20 years. Um, Long time. That's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That would give you veteran status, I think. Um, I think um, uh, even even higher than that for the web world because that's so so long ago. Yeah. It's ancient history, you know, 96. It, I, I feel like a historian. I was at the uh, Ancient City Ruby. It was a Rails conference down in St. Augustine. And I'm looking around and it's like, you don't remember what it was <laughs> like. You're like, you don't know 
how painful web development was, you know, when we first started. But yeah, I feel like I feel like I have to remind them and tell them stories about what it was like, even Rails, because you know the Rails community. Right. Um, it's just it changed so much when we first we when we were working with Ruby on Rails originally. It was not even version one point eight something, and and uh, you know it's just matured so much. And so when you talk to developers that are just getting into it, you're like, oh man, the old days. You know, we have to walk uphill both ways. You know, yeah, like totally. <laughs> In shorts in the middle of winter. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, so twenty. So you've had a long run of doing different things and startups, um, and then you have pretty young kids, correct? So you kind of right. got into the the fatherhood game after a, a spell of, you know, internet startups. So tell me about yeah. that transition for you. Yeah, I um, my oldest is twelve, so I have a, a twelve, ten, seven, and two. Uh, so I've got a good, I've got a good spread. Um, my oldest was born probably when we were, um, right at the death of our client services work. And so that was really, really stressful balancing, um, being a a husband and a father and, uh, you know, navigating a really difficult time within the business. And I think that really impacted the way that we approached product development, right? Because I knew what I did not want. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I wanted to be able to spend time with my kids. I didn't want to be stressed out. I didn't want to have, you know, some, some of the things uh, that you experience in client services work hanging over my head, you know, always, always the pressure is on to sell the next big project, you know, to keep your team busy, things like that. Wanted a small team, for the for for a long time, it was just Kevin, my partner, and I. So Kevin and I partnered when we launched Tick. Okay. Um, and uh, so Kevin and I have been partners for years, and both of us had that mentality of you know, let's just keep it the two of us. He's on the creative side, I'm on the technical side. Let's launch some products. So really, it was just the two of us when we launched um, Tick and when we launched Buzzsprout. And uh, as our kids got older and started going to school, and we started to ask the question of, is there a way for us to grow the business? not necessarily, you know, to try and make more money, but to grow the people, to be able to have, to be able to, to give others that entrepreneurial experience without all the risk associated with it, you know, to be able to experience the freedoms associated with it. Um, And so that's where we started, we started growing. um, And we've been doing that now for about two years. And so now there's 12 of us in the company, um, but still have that, we still embrace valuing that time that we get to spend with our kids like being able to go on their field trips being able to they have early release you know this wednesday and being able to go home and be with them when when they get home so things like that figuring out how to navigate a business not just as the entrepreneurs who are running the business but the entrepreneurs that work in the business and right that it's challenging right because now that is a different type of employee that you're looking for it's somebody who can handle um that kind of self-motivated self-driven they under they don't need they don't want somebody clocking them in and clocking them out and tracking their hours and things like that what they want is somebody who's giving them freedom to explore you know the way that they want to solve the problems that we face as a company and so that's that's the challenge that we're in right now which is a great fun challenge it's very different than um when we did client services and it's really even different than we did product development we feel like we've got a good handle on evaluating features and how we build our products and, and some of our philosophies there. So now we're facing the challenge of, well, how do we grow our team? How do we instill culture in our team that appreciate but not abuse um, the kind of freedoms that we want to give them? Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting that you 
that the your role as a father and and wanting to take a more serious look at your business and how it's serving you, you know, in your time and spending your time with your family, kind of motivated you to, to go down that road. And now has ended you up at a place where you say, "Hey, I want to have partners. I don't want to have just employees. You know, I want to set myself up like that." Yeah, I'm curious exactly. what you're doing. Like, what are you doing to do that? I mean, tact like just tactically, what are you? What are some of the things so, that you do to to that? There are a lot of different things. Um, in the way that we approach uh, the people that we hire are people that can handle the kind of things that we're talking about, that don't need um, that kind of task master who's tracking all of those things. Um, we also do what we call performance shares, which is we share in the revenues of the company. Um, every, so every paycheck changes, and yeah. that helps them kind of experience what it's like to be an entrepreneur. You know, You don't know what your check is. Um, now uh, they don't have the downside of that where yeah. you know, sometimes you don't get a check at all, <laughs> but um, they definitely get to see the, the rewards for the risks that we take. And so they're much more motivated, for instance, when we're talking about uh, building out a new feature, if they think the feature is a dud, it's not going to impact the numbers. It's not, it's not worth developing. They're going to say it because they know that if we do the right feature, if we do the right thing, if we, we do the right marketing idea, if we execute on that, we're going to see a result and I'm going to see a result in my paycheck. And so that's just an example of how we can kind of instill some of that entrepreneurism within the organization and trying to keep the hierarchy flat. So that way they have that voice. Everyone has a voice into uh, all the different things that we're, that we're doing yeah. as a company. Yeah. Were there, so I, that's really fascinating to me because I've read a couple books lately, like Maverick by, I can't remember what it's called. It's called Maverick. It's a guy that runs a manufacturing operation in Brazil. Um, but he, he really talks about coming in and flattening the whole organization and giving, um, different areas of the business very much autonomy, you know, and, right. and, um, even, you know, DHH was on the podcast and he recommended a book called punished by rewards, you know, and yeah. he talks about, I mean, that's kind of, you know, intrinsic motivation, that sort of a thing. So I'm just real curious, you know, what, was there anything like some resources that you read or what shaped your thinking in that? Because, from what I hear you say is you went from two guys that basically started the business, um, but you were a real small team, then you intentionally grew out from there. So how did you get your, your experience or your knowledge when you went to manage a team like that? Um, or was it just straight, you know, just trial and error, you know? Yeah, I think we're still in a lot of trial and error. Um, we had a really large team when we were doing client services work. Okay. So we were, there was 20 of us when we were doing that. So, um, it's not new to us to have to, to deal with management and leadership type things. And I love that. I love that challenge. Um, but what's different is trying to figure out a way to not make it a nine to five clock in clock out job. Um, and we're still in the throes of that. So I'm, I'm reading all kinds of stuff, uh, to try and figure out how to do it better. You know, how to, how to really set up autonomous departments, autonomous groups, um, not massive teams and not some crazy hierarchy. Uh, it's also, it can be misleading too. There's 12 of us in the company, but there's only, there's really two teams. So you have uh, five of us that are on the software side. So product developers. And then you have six that are strictly on one of our products. So StreamCare has its own staff okay. and they have their own structure uh, in the way that, uh, you know, they operate, but they're not, they're not uh, software developers. And so we're, we're still trying to figure out how we can, how we can, what, what does that look like when now you're a call agent? So we, we have, we answer the phone for, uh, 
for our stream care product, we actually provide phone support and it's got to be real time. I mean, it, it's got to, you can't leave a voicemail. Um, it's in physician, it's in the physician market. And so it's important okay. that they talk to a person right away. So how do you apply some of those philosophies that we've experienced in the software side to other areas of the business? And so we're still navigating that and trying to figure out what does that look like? Right. Um, but hopefully, you know, we're being really intentional about it right now. So talk to me in a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Definitely. But more and more, I think there's more and more resources out there. I mean, I'm, I was just reading the Lean Startup and just it's the idea, you know, it's out there. This idea of small autonomous teams are, it's the way to go. The problem is once you start growing, you forget that and you start building these crazy hierarchies. So we don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me about how that's kind of flowed into your role as a father and how you I think there's a natural um, overlap with how you treat like employees and team members and how you view them and, and then how that flows into um, how, your parenting style, you know, and, and whether that's, you know, overarching, you know, taskmaster ish, or is it more um, letting them, you know, self regulate a little bit within reason, yeah. obviously not when it comes to like toddlers and that sort of thing. But um, I'm just kind of curious if you could speak to that, you know, or sure. any resources that you've used, um, in your parenting or philosophies you kind of, you and your wife, um, adhere to? Yeah, I think, uh, for us in the, in the way that we parent. And one thing that, uh, I, I've learned over years of, um, of hearing from other people that had kids, you know, is this transition. And my wife and I actually, we worked with teenagers for years before we started having kids, uh, with a ministry called young life. And so we worked with high schoolers and, you would just see parents that could not, they could not make the break of treating their kids as peers. You know, as like, as the, as the, the kids are growing up, you know, you have to transition your relationship from telling them what to do. Where my youngest right now, you can't reason with a two-year-old. Like she just yeah. have to do what she's told. But I have a 12-year-old and he's starting to like, he's to the place where you can have a conversation with him. You, you don't, you can't just order him around, you know, like right. it's time to start treating them, you know, more and more like peers. And I saw that in, in, in high school ministry and said, I really, I want, I want that. I, I want to transition with my kids into that peer relationship. Not too early. I've also seen that where they transition too early. And so now they give the kids, you know, complete freedom, but they don't know how to handle it yet. <laughs> and so I heard one, one analogy where they were saying, it's like a rope and you're, you know, you let a little bit of rope out at, at a time. And some parents, they just hold onto the rope for dear life and they don't want to let any, they don't want to let it go at all. And then there's other people that just throw the rope down and just, you know, let it, let it spool out. But really as a parent, it's, you know, giving more and more leeway to your kids. And I want to be able to make that transition because when my kids go to college and when they start getting married, I want to be in their lives and I don't want them to, you know, run away, which is what you've seen with a lot of those, those kids that the, the parents hold on too tight to that rope and they can't ever make that transition. They always just feel like their parents are, you know, telling them what to do and trying to, you know, dictate yeah. what, what their lives look like. So that's really important. Um, I think my team, it's, we, our relationship is very similar to the relationship that we have with our, with our kids and with our spouses of just being real with each other, being totally authentic, being willing to challenge anything. Um, and it doesn't just have to be business. Like it can be in the way that we're, we're talking to one another. You know, if, if I say something and it's condescending or, 
you know, hurt someone's feelings. Like I, I want to know that. And yeah. uh, just like you'd want to know that with your family and you want that kind of, that kind of feedback loop. And I don't care where you are, how long you've been with the company. We want that. And uh, that's how you grow when you become a better person. And if I can have more people in my life that can speak into my life, then the better the chances are that I'm going to grow into the person I want to be. And yeah. I think, you know, that's, that's one way to look at the way you approach your team. Yeah, absolutely. So curious how some of the failures that you've had along the way then, Tom, I mean, it's not all rosy, you know, like, is that oh, yeah. obviously your, your motivation to spend more time with your, your family, um, you know, as you've changed, um, your, your business, um, you know, how, how did you get there? I mean, was that a, a you saw yourself going too, too far down one road of spending too much time in the business or, um, you know, what was it that kind of shifted, I guess, as it relates to maybe mistakes you made along the way? Yeah. I, f- I feel like the the mistakes that I've made along the way were were approaching the business like a like it was your child, you know. Like so many entrepreneurs, you hear the way they talk about their business and they talk about it like it's their child and they need to nurture it, take care of it and stuff. But really it's more like it's more like a wild stallion, you know, where it will <laughs> just it'll just run away with your life. It will just it, it will take everything you give it. And I feel like that was what I learned um, the hard way in those, those years, like 2001, uh, when it got really hard and recognizing it doesn't matter how much I go to work. It doesn't matter how much I do. It will always take more. Mm-hmm. It will always take more from me and recognizing, you know, with the, it's the help of my wife that, Hey, this is taking more than, you know, uh, <laughs> with, I like how you said that with the help of my wife, right, right, <laughs> spoken yeah. very, like a wise, wise husband. <laughs> right. Like I, I mean, and you talk about, you can't be a good father without being a good husband um, because it's, it's, it's so entwined. You watch the way they look at how you interact with your wife. Yeah. And she was like, you know, she, she spoke very clearly into, you know, let's, let's put some boundaries. Let's put some parameters around it. And it was hard at first. And then you realize, man, that's so helpful. That's the way it, that's the way it needs to be. And so I've always um, had kind of that open dialogue with her of putting some boundaries down. We, we called it the veto, right? Like at one point she had a veto where I was um, trying to, you know, pay, pay the bills. And a lot of the ways that I would pay the bills, I'd have to travel. And so I could travel a ton. And, uh, and so it, we had this blow up at one point. And finally, I just said, look, here's the thing. You can't trust me anymore. I'm like a crack addict. Like, you know, like you, you're going to have to make the call. You can't ask me because I'm always going to go to the crack. Like you need to just say, <laughs> it's too much. You can't do this trip. You know, it's so I gave her this veto power. And what was great was she never exercised the power, but she knew she had it. Like yeah. she knew, I was like, all you have to do is say, say, I, I, I'm not going to go on the trip. And I promise I will not go on that trip, you know? And, uh, that, that's worked out well for us. I think it was, it was comforting for her to know that I cared enough to give her that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thank goodness she didn't, she didn't have to have to use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's just to have that discussion, I think is, is wise <laughs> Yeah. just to say, Hey, this is, you know, you do have the power to, to veto some, some mm-hmm. things here. Um, and, and we recognize too, uh, the seasons. And so for example, when we launched stream cares a couple years ago and I sat down with her before we started development and I said, 
you know, you know what this can look like. And I'm like, are we in it together? Are we a team? So for the next six months, it might be late nights. It might be a lot of, or it will be late nights and it will be crazy. Um, but I promise it's going to be for a season. Then we're going to launch the product and then we'll be able to, you know, go to the next thing. We'll be able to, to go back to a more normal life. And mm-hmm. she's kind of seen the cycle. And yeah. so uh, that, that was really helpful. But doing it preemptively and not, not in the throes of it, because in the throes of it, it's impossible. Right, right. Well, what is, so then you talk about kind of your failures. What are some of the successes that you can, you can then um, pull out some wisdom for the guy that's having his first child, you know, that you would say, here's some of the wins. I mean, you already touched on some of the things, the veto power, yeah. the recognizing the seasons, but what are some of the things yeah. you'd say to them to say, hey, this is, these are some of the kind of tried and true philosophies we've stuck to that yeah. have been well, successful. I- I think recognizing that the, that the business will take everything that you give it mm-hmm. and, and you, so you can't look at it to, you know, the business is never going to say, you know what? Hey, take the day off. Go, <laughs> go have a good time with your family. Business is never going to say that. Right. And so you just recognizing that at the beginning that it's not your baby, you know, it's a stallion that you're going to try and tame, but it's going to try to kill you. <laughs> it's going to try right. to throw you. <laughs> and I think that's important and really thinking through goals and, and what's what's gonna what really gives you life? Because so many times you can get trapped in things. We do it all the time. We're like, oh my gosh, we could do this. We could we could build this, and and then we'll go. But would we be happy if we did that? No, no, <laughs> that would be yeah. horrible. And we're like, you know, then why are we talking about it? But so many times you talk to people, and it's like they're they're going down a path because they think it's a good idea, or they think it's going to make a lot of money, but. When you really play it out, are you going to be happy? Is it going to give you life? Is it something yeah. that you're going to be, man, I'm excited to go and do this thing? Or is it just for the money? Because that will wear out really, really fast. And it's just not going to make you happy. And so we've, we've you know, seen that. We've seen it and we've seen the flip of it. We've seen the temptation. And we've seen when you say no to those things and you say yes to the things that, yeah, it's more fun. The Buzzsprout is one of our products and it's for podcasting and for mm-hmm. podcast hosting. And it was, it's a fun product. It's just a fun product. And I remember when we were building it, we were like, we had all these other ideas and Buzzsprout wasn't the, the biggest dollar out there, but we were like, oh my gosh, it would be so much fun to build. And, and, you know, we love it. And so to this day, it's great to be able to say, you know what, let's take some time. We're going to go work on, on Buzzsprout because that one is so much fun, you know, whereas uh, some of the other products can be more businessy. Yeah. Buzzsprout offers us, you know, some of that, that other experience. And so every once in a while you'll have people that'll, that'll, tell you, uh, there's no shortage of people that will tell you how to run your business, right? Yeah. And they will tell you to go chase the money typically. And they need to hear it's not, it's, it's not always the money, it's the life and it's the freedoms. And you have a partner, if you're married, you have a partner that has a strong voice in that, um, and involving them sooner than later and things like that. And I mean, I, I was thinking about the number of summers you have with your kids before. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go with you, dad, you know, forget you. I want to be with my friends. You're going to make me go do this. And, <laughs> I mean, I've only got so many summers and being intentional about it, not reactive, because I don't want to look back and say, oh, where was I? You know, what, what was I doing that summer that we didn't go do a trip or we didn't do something together? So. Yeah. So would you so. Does the young guy know that? So, so I'm, I have younger kids than you. I'm, I'm in an earlier stage. 
part of this podcast is just to have conversations with people like you somewhat selfishly because I want to have, I want to learn from you, you know, but, um, would you encourage then someone to go talk to more people that are, uh, you know, further along than them? Because I think when you're young and naive, you're like, oh, I'm chasing the money and I have endless supply of energy. I know the kids are only two, you know, I got plenty of time. And then you wake up and they're 12 and yeah. you're like, shoot, I have to what five, six years left in there out of the house could be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And how, and, and you've got five or six years before they're out of the house. I had a 12 year old, but really you've only got maybe two years before you're just a tool, you right. know, like they just, they don't want to talk to you. They don't want your advice. They don't want you're to an ATM, you. right? <laughs> yeah. Right. You're an ATM. And, uh, you're, you're a roommate at that point, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. So I, I think, yeah, you want to be surrounded by people that can, that can share their experiences so that you can try to avoid some of the things that they've run into and, you know, pick up some of the, the good things that they've done so you can apply those. Awesome. So yeah, I think definitely. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much for your time, Tom. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks I, for having me. You mentioned earlier that um, you should I should talk to you in a year or so. So I might have to, to circle back and we'll do another episode. Yeah, definitely. So. My hope is that we can we can become more mature in how we apply this entrepreneurial mindset throughout the whole organization and see how much it'll scale, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Well, great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find out more about us and sign up to receive updates at twocentdad.com. If you liked what you heard or just want to say hi, you can shoot me an email at mike at twocentdad.com. Please leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. It helps us to get the word out to the most people possible. The show is made possible through the support of EC Group International, building software teams since 1999.